Good evening and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. In a weekend that has been largely decided by Storm Bebbit, we've had plenty of action across all three leagues over the last couple of days in the Championship, League One and League Two. And with that, of course, that means plenty of goals, plenty of action and inevitably plenty of controversy. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week from everyone's favourite EFL-based podcast. As always, we will start with the Championship, and we will start with Friday night, as it's a nice easy one. Rotherham United versus Ipswich Town, postponed. Friday's Championship match between Rotherham and Ipswich had been postponed after Storm Bebbett caused flooding by the stadium. The River Don, which runs right next to the New York Stadium, burst its banks on Friday afternoon after extremely heavy rainfall. Rotherham said the pitch remained playable, but they were left with no choice but to postpone the game, predominantly down to supporter safety. On today's Saturday then, and we had all the games in play because the weather did significantly improve on Saturday. And we'll start with Preston North End 1, Millwall 1. Managerless Millwall came from behind to rescue a point against Preston, whose winless run in the championship now stretches to five games. The host took only three minutes to take the lead as Mads Frakia slotted past Millwall keeper Bartosz Bielikowski, and Millwall fought back and levelled through Zion Fleming's cool curling finish from the edge of the box on the half-hour mark. In a tepid second half, neither side could find a winner, with Fleming's last-minute free kick bobbling well wide off the mark. Blackburn Rovers won, Cardiff City nil. Blackburn Rovers earned back-to-back championship wins for the first time this season as they beat Cardiff. Cardiff centre-back Dimitros Gutas had a first-half-headed goal controversially disallowed for offside. And after the break, Joe Rankin Costello put Blackburn in front with a neat low finish with Tyrese Dolan's pass. Cardiff had chances to equalise as Callum Robinson fired wide and fellow substitute Oli Tanner had a fierce shot saved by Leopold of Ulsted. But Rankin Costello's goal was enough to lift Blackburn up to 15th in the championship table, a point behind Cardiff, who slipped to 11th. A double interview for you now. First, we will hear from Cardiff City boss Errol Bullitt and immediately followed by Blackburn Rovers boss Jan Dahl Thomason. Both sides uh, didn't create many, many chances, only a few, where we had more shots on the goal, but uh, uh, one we scored in the first half, uh, the referee gave an offside, uh, but the linesman didn't put his flag up uh, about this. I was I was expecting a different, but at the end, when I saw it on, on the video, it was offside, but the linesman uh, didn't put the flag up, so that's why everybody was thinking, oh, so what, what is going on? Uh, at the end, we have to create more chances and we have to finalise uh, more second half uh, with without any chance, uh, concentration was not there. Uh, Communication was uh, not on the field where we received the uh, goal. So more communication, more focusing, and uh, these situations, the positions, we don't have to uh, get so easy. That was a brilliant win. Uh, Cardiff is a very good side. Uh, it's not always easy returning after an international break, uh, but back it up uh, with, a, with, a, with a win today. It was great. Uh, it was probably not our best game if you look at the games we have played lately. Uh, the speed of the game, we could have played even quicker. We spoke about it in the halftime, tried to get the ball into the right area and have a run behind. 
we did that. We scored an excellent goal with that. We could probably have been out of sight as well. Uh, and in the end of the game, yeah, big compliment to the lads, the togetherness, the spirit was excellent and a, and a well-deserved win. When we see the last 15, 20 minutes, we try more. We was more uh, trying to press more. We made changes. Often the players we put inside with Jako, with Oli, with uh, Ruben and with uh, Robo uh, to, to create more, to finalize more. We had few, but uh, not in that uh, level that we have, to, we have to, we can score. Now, before the break, we won 4-0 uh, away at QPR. Uh, it was a very good performance, and, and today with another win, it gives confidence, of course. Uh, we know that we can we can beat everybody in this league, but we also know how tough this league is, that we can win and lose every game. But if you look at our performance, we've been, I think we have been playing more or less the whole year. We probably deserve more points, but, uh, but football can be cruel, can't it? But we are extremely happy to get a win in, in front of our fans today. Before the national break, it was better for us. It was time to break, but uh, this time, I don't know, we have to uh, maybe focus more on the finalised uh, uh, the uh, situations when we get. Bristol City 1, Coventry City 0. Rob Dickey's first Bristol City goal gave the Robins a much-needed victory over Inform Coventry. The defender headed home a free kick in first half added time to end a run of three defeats in their previous four games. That game came after a run of play as the visitors had dominated the first half, twice hitting the bar and having top scorer Matt Godden miss a great chance. The Robins dug in during a more than even second half to secure only their second clean sheet in 10 games. This was the meeting of the Championship's two longest serving managers and after both teams had an inconsistent start to the season, both were in need of a win. Speaking of teams in need of a win, Huddersfield Town 2, Queen's Park Rangers 1. Early goals by Kean Harrod and Jack Radoni earned Huddersfield their first win under Darren Moore as they held off struggling QPR. Harrod, who was recalled to the starting lineup, put Huddersfield ahead and Radoni doubled their advantage inside the first 15 minutes. Rangers struck back late in the first half as Jake Clark Salter headed home Andre Dozzle's corner but were unable to find a way through after the break. Although Clark Salter went close again with a shot that struck the post, the R slid to their fourth straight championship defeat. Another interview for us now. Let's hear from Huddersfield Town boss Darren Moore. Gaffer, first and foremost, congratulations on the first win as Huddersfield Town manager. Just tell us how you, you feel with that. No, delighted. Um, well done to everybody connected at the football club, um, the town fans. Well done to, to come and support us and I'm pleased that we were able to give you the three points today. Uh, so really, really pleased. Um, my views on the game was um, after I said to the players in there, I have to commend them on the, the international break with the work that we've done in training and um, the information that they get that taken on board because there was a lot of information and a lot of work done. And I think everybody saw in the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, what, what that work looked like. Um, and it was real positive. We raced to a two-goal lead, two excellent goals scored. The, the match tempo and everything that we set up was excellent. And then it was almost like we we, we pressed almost like a, a pause button, Raj, you know, in, in the mindset probably what I can only imagine until I get to the players and we analysed the game, that we kind of just stopped doing what was the right things and, and then gradually as a half-built on QPR, managed to get them, work themselves back into the game and then we give a goal, a sloppy goal from our perspective from a set play. And then it meant the second half, it was um, both teams committed 
in trying to we was trying to win the game, QPR trying to get back into the game, and in the end, apart from a real goal goal saving defensive um, clearance by Mish, um, kept the scores at two one, and it meant we come out with the three points. For you and the international break, if we concentrate on that, to, to see them obviously put those ideas into practice in those first 20 minutes must have been you know, really fulfilling for you, but you can't replicate those games when you're training. So it's almost like this next block of fixtures is about putting that into practice a little bit more and, and learning about how to do that over the course of 90 minutes. That's right. And, and I was really pleased with them because, you know, we just conceded the late goal against Ipswich, um, but when we with today it felt like there was a more a resoluteness with us in terms of making sure that we saw the game out, even though second half it probably didn't go for us as we wanted to do at the front end of the pitch. So that was a pleasing thing to see. I think the next thing for us to see is that we've we've come to another hurdle in terms of how we started the game really, really well. And what we have to do is maintain that. Um, because what we what we did was it was more self inflicted, allowing QPR to get back into the game and allowing them to build. Because I said to them, we had them on the back foot. That's the time to even put, apply even more pressure on them, really. Um, so that was a massive learning curve for us in terms of how the game went today. Pleased to be standing here and say that, you know, I'm glad it didn't, it didn't take away a couple of points or we didn't get the win as we have got the win. But through it, there's a lot for us to learn. But I have to take the positives. And again, um, I commend the players for the work they've done. I've commended the, the subs that we made, the energy, what they brought on the pitch to maintain it was excellent again. So from that perspective, there's been a learning all around and it's been a positive day for us. It gives us a, a platform now to go into that game on Tuesday evening with plenty of positives to build on, but a lot of lessons, as you say, to, to learn from and, and do better than as we, we go forward. I think, I think since we've come in here, there's always been, when I look at all the games that we had, the five games, there's always been lessons learned and there's things that we can learn from and try and apply for the next game and today's been no different um, in terms of it. So um, it's been a positive day, uh, but again, from the positives and that we have to learn from both aspects of the game in terms of how we started the game and trying to maintain um, that area of pressure. But um, again, I can't take it away from the players. I've said to them that, you know, enjoy this win today and uh, we get ready for another tough game on Tuesday. Having been here for a few weeks now and had that period in the international break, is it something that you feel you're able to get out of these players? They will take that on and they will learn from that today? Yeah, because they've, they've definitely been receptive to all the information we've given them to, up till now. And we continue to um, apply more, more information onto them. More ideas in training that we've got to be better at. Um, there was bits today that we worked on and, and it worked a treat, but we want to get better at them. And the pleasing thing is in terms of what we've been teaching them and showing them in training, it's nice to see some of those come off today. And it's always nice that when you're teaching them and, and it happen um, in real time at game and match tempo, it's really rewarding. So that's the positives from us really. And we have to build on top of that, Raj, and over a more sustained period of the game. Tuesday will be a different game again. Um, so we dust ourselves down, we wipe the slate clean and we get ready again for another... Um, Another good game for on Tuesday, and we look forward to it. Um, good opposition coming into into town, um, but a game that we'll get ready for and prepare for. 
Hull City 1, Southampton 2. Ryan Fraser struck a stoppage time winner as Southampton extended their unbeaten run to 4 with victory at Hull. Saints hit the front in the first half when Will Smallbone tucked Carl Walker-Peters' cut back into the far corner. But the lead lasted just five minutes as a, late, as a weak clearance sorry, fell kindly for Liam Delap to smash home the equaliser. England under-21 Jaden Falenji was twice denied for Hull after the break, while Carlos Alcaraz went close for Saints before Fraser swept home from Flynn Downs' cross in the 95th minute. Middlesbrough 1, Birmingham City 0. Wayne Rooney suffered defeat in his first game in charge of Birmingham City as his blue side were beaten by Michael Carrick's Middlesbrough. Young, Midla young Midlander Morgan Rogers scrambled in an 89th minute winner just 13 minutes after coming off the bench for his first goal for Borough. It was no more than the host deserved as they racked up a fifth straight win to climb to 13th in the championship table, just a point behind the Blues who slip out of the playoff places to 7th. It could have hardly been a much tougher match for Rooney to have his first game as Blues boss up against an informed Borough side led by his old Man United and England teammate Michael Carrick. But it ended as a fourth successive away defeat for ambitious, uh, ambitious American owners of the Blues side. Now another exciting game, Norwich City 2, Leeds United Three. Leeds United fought back from 2-0 down at Norwich as Daniel Fark's return to Carrow Road ended in a thrilling win. Former glover Shane Duffy's glancing near post header from Gabriel Sara's corner gave City an early lead before Sara dribbled his way through the Whites defence to smash a fine second into the top corner just before half time. Leeds had wasted a glut of first-half chances, but clawed one back when Duffy inadvertently guided Daniel James's cutback into his own net. Crescencio Somerville then took charge, curling in a fine equaliser before finishing off a rapid break for the winner with five minutes left. The Dutchman's double gave Leeds three straight league wins for the first time since May 2021 and lifted them up to third, within six points of second-placed Ipswich, while a fifth defeat in eighth leaves David Wagner's stuttering Canaries in tenth. Stoke City 2, Sunderland 1, Liam Luke, sorry, we'll start that again. Luke McNally's headed winner ended Stoke City's run of home defeats as they saw off Sunderland. The Burnley Loney headed in Daniel Johnson's corner kick, uh, corner kick early in the second half to give Alex Neal the respite of the second win in nine championship games. Ryan Mamey had fired Stoke ahead early in the game, but Jack Clark's eighth goal of the season had brought the Black Cats level. McNally's winner meant playoff hopeful Sunderland have lost back-to-back -back games and brought an abrupt end to their run of three successive away wins. Swansea City 1, Leicester City 3. Leicester became the first side in the history of the English second tier to win their first six away league games of a season as they came from behind to beat Swansea. Swansea threatened to upset the championship leaders as they took a first-half lead thanks to Matt Grimes' volley but Leicester deservedly levelled when Yannick Vestergaard bundled home his first goal for the club. Swansea almost went ahead against the break when Liam Cullen's thumping drive rattled the crossbar. But Leicester's blend of athleticism and quality continued to cause problems after the break, and teenager Abdul Fatawu found time and space to sweep in his Fox's goal. Swansea threatened to find an equaliser with Jamal Lowe going close, but his comeback hopes ended when substitute Kalechi Iheanacho broke clear and touched the ball home. This was a seventh successive championship victory for Leicester, who have won 11 of their 12 league games following relegation from the Premier League last season. 
Another interview for you now, I think, and we will hear from Leicester City boss Enzo Maresca. So it's finished 3-1 to Leicester City here at the Swansea.com stadium. Another win on the road, six in the row for the first time in the club's history. How's the feeling amongst the camp? Uh, good, happy, to be honest, uh, especially because we win one more game. That is, the, at the end, is the most important thing. Uh, playing a good game, I think we we could score some more goals, be a little bit more clinical, especially first half. But uh, at the end, very happy. And how important was that goal just before half time in terms of getting the three points? Yeah, it's been important, uh, but in the same time, I think we. Uh, we completely deserved the draw to score the, fir the first goal because before the goal we create some chances and at the end it's always difficult. Also they want to create chances and score goals so we control quite well. And despite making those ch chances we of course did fall behind. What do you feel about the character of the team to be able to turn things around? Yeah, absolutely. Character and especially don't lose our way to play, continue in the same way, because at the end we know that we are going to create some chances. And finally, looking ahead to Sunderland, the confidence must be pretty high going into that one now. Yeah, now we are going to play every three days, so it's always uh, a tricky one, because you never know how we react in terms of tidiness, but for them it's the same. Watford won, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Watford substitute Yasser Espria snatched a late winner to deny Danny Rule a point in his first game as Sheffield Wednesday boss. The Colombian teenager had only been on the pitch for four minutes when he cut in from the right and rifled his finish across Cameron Dawson. And for those that aren't sure, yes, that is the son of former Newcastle striker Tino Espria. Dawson had barely been tested up to that point, with the visitors largely keeping Watford at bay and creating the better chances. But Wednesday remained bottom of the championship table and winless this season, while Watford's first victory in six games lifts them to 19th. And finally, West Bromwich Albion nil, Plymouth Argyle nil. West Brom and Plymouth played out a dismal goalless championship draw at the Hawthorns. The visitors came closest to breaking the deadlock in the first half through chances from Ryan Hardy and Kane Kessler-Hayden. After the break, Grady Diangana prospered from Nathaniel Chalaber dispossessing Argyle before he saw his effort deflected wide by the visitors. Albion continued to improve and almost sealed a late winner when Jason Malumbi's corner sailed in, but Semi Ajayi and Cedric Kipri both failed to connect. So, let's see what that's done to the championship table. Well, what it hasn't done is change who is at the top of the table with 33 points out of a possible 36, such as high amount at the so early in the season, 12 games played, sit Leicester City. Five points adrift, but do have a game in hand, our second-placed Ipswich, who of course weren't able to play this weekend. Moving up to third with 22 points is Leeds United. They've overtaken fourth-placed Preston North End, who are on a little bit of a poor run of form at the moment. Southampton have sort of sorted some of the initial wobbles out. They find themselves in fifth place, 20 points out of 12 games played, and have overtaken Sunderland and Birmingham. Birmingham moving out of the playoff spots. Not exactly how Wayne Rooney wanted to start his tenure. We may as well go through the rest of the table now. Eighth place, uh, new, uh, newly moved, there we go. Bristol City up to 18 points. West Brom also moving up following their draw with Plymouth. They, um, 17 points, is level on points with Norwich City, Cardiff City, Hull City and Middlesbrough. Millwall up to 16 points, 14th place following their draw and Blackburn's win has taken them up to 15th. 
Coventry losing has been they've dropped to 16th, as have Swansea. Huddersfield, with their first win under Darren Moore, has moved up to 18th place. Watford, 13 points in 19. And Stoke, with their win, uh, first needed win in a long time, also on 13 points. Plymouth Argyle have dropped to 21st following their draw with West Brom, but do already have a four-point cushion over the bottom three. And the bottom three is looking pretty dismal right now, but everything can always change. It always does in the championship. That being said, 22nd place with 8 points, Queen's Park Rangers, 11, uh, 11, start that again, 23rd place, 11 games played, there we go, got there eventually, with 6 points, Rotherham United, and only 3 points are taken from their first 12 games, rock bottom, sit Sheffield Wednesday. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. On to League One then. Bolton Wanderers 2, Northampton Town 1. Dion Charles returned from international duty to help High Flyers Bolton to a League One win over struggling Northampton. But it was Randall Williams' first goal of the season that separated the teams after Wanderers failed to capitalise on a quick-fire 2-0 lead. Top scorer and former glover Sam Hoskins' sixth goal of the season after 66 minutes did give the Cobblers an unexpected lifeline. Burton Albion 4, Bristol Rovers 1. Burton made it four straight League One wins with a comprehensive 4-1 win over 10-man Bristol Rovers. Bez Lubalala grabbed a first-half brace after Anthony Evans had headed Rovers in front, but after Ryan Woods was dismissed midway through the second half, Albion rammed home their advantage with goals from Joe Powell and Quado Barr. Charlton Athletic 4, Reading 0. Charlton extended their unbeaten run in League 1 to seven matches as they thrashed Reading 4-0 to ensure their horrendous away form continued. The Royals had not collected a single point on their travels this season and last one on the road in the league nearly a calendar year ago, November the 12th, 2022. Charlton sparked into life after low-quality first half and scored three goals in the space of 20 minutes, with a hat-trick of assists from Corey Blackett-Taylor. Chuckson Ike was left with a simple close-range header from the wingers' cross in the 54th minute. Aneki was forced off shortly afterwards with a hamstring injury, but it did not prevent the Addicts from opening the floodgates. Substitute Tyrese Campbell smashed a stunning second 14 minutes later. Reading keeper David Button tipped over Miles Leeburn's shot as Charlton began to go through the gears. And Alfie May pounced at the near post for his eighth goal of the campaign before Campbell sent Miles Leeburn racing through in stoppage time to clinically finish past Button. Cheltenham Town 1, Cambridge United 0. Cheltenham Town's first win of the season is a building block for the team, according to head coach Daryl Clark. Former Exeter man Liam Sercombe's early goal was enough to sink Cambridge United and earn Cheltenham their first win of the season. 
Exeter City nil, Wigan Athletic 2. Wigan ended a run of four successive defeats in League One with a hard-fought 2-0 win at Exeter. It is now five straight defeats for Exeter who made a slow start to the game and paid the price for that as the Latics opened the scoring after eight minutes. Pierce Sweeney came out second best in an aerial duel and the ball fell kindly to Stephen Humphreys who advanced down the left and picked out Marshall Goddow. He side-footed the ball past Vili Sinisalo and into the net from ten yards. The home side regrouped and had a plenty of possession, but they rarely looked like scoring. Wigan were happy to sit in and soak up the pressure, and it looked to hit Exeter on the counter-attack, and rarely looked like scoring themselves. The hosts had more urgency after the break, and, clo- uh, and the closest they came to an equaliser was in stoppage time, when substitute Yannick Vildschut struck the base of the post from a narrow angle. Wigan then wrapped things up right at the death when Jordan Jones advanced from deep and beat two men before his shot unfortunately deflected off Will Ameson and squeezed in at the near post. Our first League One interview of the night then, and we will hear from Wigan Athletic boss Sean Maloney. Gaffer, a 2-0 victory today at Exeter City. I imagine Prowse are the biggest word for you today after that performance. Yeah, it was... um... It was an incredible performance, but a very different type of performance than we've seen. Uh, yeah, it was um, just everything about the heart of each player in the team today. And it's um, really proud, but also really pleased for the travel and support. It's a long way to come. And they gave absolutely everything to, to give them something to, to go home with. And um, yeah, it was uh, there's, there's brilliant blocks on the line. Sam Tickle made an incredible save. Um, Scott Smith put his body on the line. These are uh, these are moments that I hope the fans get deep satisfaction from. We spoke before the game of having such a young side, an average age of just 22 today, and you didn't know what to expect, but you defended really aggressively and attacked really aggressively, and, and we had made a perfect start. Yeah, I think um, I think when it's that young, uh, I doubt there is any younger team in the four divisions today. I think I was always concerned about if there was ever moments of adversity and. And how the young kids would cope, but um, from the very first whistle, the mentality was right. They were there to fight, and then when you have Stephen Humphreys, uh, Godo, and actually all the attacking players we've got, even the ones that didn't come on, um, Tello, Kalmak, Josh Stones, Waiki, we've got a chance of scoring. And um, the way we set up, we knew Exeter would play a certain way, um, and we also, in my opinion, knew that our front three were going to cause them big problems. And if we got that pass right. A couple more times, we should have had more opportunities first half. But um, ah, it was a, yeah, it was a amazing, amazing performance in in a very different way. You said before the game you wanted to see the players fight for the club and give everything, leave everything on the pitch, and be strong supporters today. You must have seen such good effort levels from all your players. Yeah, it's um, look, I think when you go on a with the run we had, it was such a, it's not quite a black and white run. Look, if we'd had four performances like we had at Bristol, it'd be very very easy to stand here and say things aren't right. I saw moments of what I saw today in the match against Stevenage when everything was going against us. Second half against Portsmouth, probably the best team in the league. I still saw that spirit. So I think that's why when I stand in front of the camera in the last couple of weeks, I'm not as, uh, I'm maybe not as negative as what the result maybe makes others feel, I think. I can see there's a team growing here. What I maybe didn't or underestimated was how young we are and and also maybe the effect of those eight points has on you when you have a knockback. It's a bigger knockback than normal. Where you look in the league, it's not realistic. So these are things maybe I need to learn. But I, what I learned today was, um, one, the connection of the fans and the players is there. 
and uh, and I know the connection the fans and myself is uh, is as strong as ever. After a real defensive effort throughout the second half, we sealed the victory right in front of the trans supporters at, at the death. John Jones' first goal for the club. How, how important, how special are those scenes to, to share with the fans? Well, I didn't know it was his first goal. Um, yeah, it was. It was special. I don't normally react too much uh, with goals. Uh, that felt different. And then on a personal level, Jordan's been on a bit of a journey here and it hasn't always been positive. Tough for him. Uh, he played against Leicester. Then he found it hard to break into the team because Cal Mack and uh, Johnny Smith are doing well. So he's worked incredibly hard. He, he earned that moment. You can see all the players absolutely, absolutely love that moment for him because they know what he's been through here. So... Yeah, the more players we have in these types of moments, the better. So, um, but also, look, Jordan had an amazing moment. But Charlie Hughes cleared one off the line. Scott Smith's putting his head in the very last second of the game. Sam Tickle, again, incredible save from sort of like a cross shot. Um, yeah, uh, some of our young players have. Uh, we're very, very lucky to have them. We saw how much it meant to the players, yourself, and the staff after full time went so we such a learnt one journey. We've really made it worthwhile to our supporters. I it's a perfect way to start this next book of pictures. Yeah, look, the fans... I think... Um, look, I had an emotional attachment to this club before I came back. I think from what we've been through and where we're moving now, it's... It hurts me when we don't win. It hurts me when I don't give the supporters something to... to travel home with, because they do travel in their large numbers. I speak to Caroline. Caroline texts me most uh, pre-match. So I know there's a lot of fans coming. Um, yeah, it means a lot. Uh, more than maybe I ever expected it to. So we'll stay humble. I said this after one of our games uh, a couple of months ago. We have to stay humble. We have to show the same desire and fight to win a game on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, straight back to work on the bus. Fleetwood Town nil, Lincoln City won. Tom Shaw secured his first win in interim charge of Lincoln with victory against Fleetwood. Alex Mitchell handed the Imps an early lead at Highbury and it proved crucial as Fleetwood were reduced to 10 men late on through Toto Nuziala's red card. Leighton Orient won. Barnsley won. Barnsley's hopes of securing a club record sixth successive away win were thwarted by an informed Leighton Orient side in a draw at Brisbane Road. Joe Pickett gave Orient a first half lead from the penalty spot before a superb 20-yard strike by Herbie Kane levelled matters. The visitors ended the match with 10 men following a dismissal of substitute Sam Cosgrove. Oxford United won, Blackpool won. Jordan Rhodes was added again as he glanced in a stoppage time header to earn Blackpool a draw at second place Oxford United. The left-back Greg Lee netted his fifth goal of the season to give Oxford a 36th minute lead. The Jamaican international volleyed in a Stan Mills cross from close range at the end of the flowing move from the U's, but Blackpool mounted a strong finish to salvage a point. Peterborough United 2, Wickham Wanderers 2. Ephraim mason Clark scored at both ends as Peterborough and Wickham served up a goal, four-goal thriller that ended 2-all. The game burst into life late in the first half when Brandon Hanlon slotting Wickham into a 35th minute lead after fine footwork from Joe Lowe in a packed penalty area. The advantage was short-lived, with Joel Randall striking direct from a corner in the 40th minute to grab his second goal in as many games. Darren Ferguson's men completed a rapid turnaround in the first minute of stoppage time, when Mason Clark curled a terrific finish past Max Stierjack after being picked out by David Ajiboy. 
A stunning Nicholas Bielikafic save prevented Dale Taylor from pulling Wickham level 30 seconds into the second half before former Chairboys defender Josh Knight cleared a Killian Phillips shot off the line. But it was a posh man who applied the final touch when Wickham did eventually level in the 61st minute as Mason Clark headed a Luke Leahy free kick into his own net. And it took another brilliant night block to keep out a goalbound F. Phillips effort to ensure Wickham did not leave with all three points. Portsmouth 1, Carlisle United 0. League leaders Portsmouth beat Carlisle thanks to a Connor Shaughnessy header in added time at Fratton Park. The first half was nearly all Pompey, as they lead, laid siege on the club in 20th place in the table, but Carlisle most certainly held firm. Colby Bishop had a header easily gathered by Thomas Holy, and another sailed over the bar. The easiest chance of Pompey saw a Jack Sparks cross somehow sliced past by Bishop from six yards. Carlisle almost took the lead on 20 minutes, but the ball was scrambled away from a Sean Maguire cross-come shot. And they nearly went ahead uh, again in the first minute of the second half, when a weak shot from Alfie McCalmont hit the post. The visitors continued to threaten, and almost snatched it in the final minute, but a Dan Butterworth strike was pushed around the post by Will Norris. Portsmouth made them pay as Shaughnessy rose highest to head in, and stretched their winning run to six matches. Stevenage nil, Port Vale nil. Port Vale halted a three-match losing streak with a goalless draw away at Stevenage. Andy Crosby's men arrived in Hertfordshire on the back of three straight defeats and no win in five. And Connor Ripley kept Jake Forster-Kasky and Jamie Reed's efforts out either side of half-time to ensure a point for the visitors. And finally... Shrewsbury Town 1, Derby County 0. Shrewsbury had Connor Hurahan to thank as they secured a home win over Derby. The only goal came from the former Aston Villa midfielder who headed into his own net from a Taylor Perry cross. Just before half-time, referee Martin Woods pointed to the penalty spot after Curtis Nelson had brought down Max Matter, but Tom Bayliss took the effort and blazed the ball over the bar. Shrewsbury went close again a minute later when Matter went through on goal, but his effort was denied by Joe Wildsmith's foot. The home side were in the ascendancy after the break, and Perry floated across into the box in the 56th minute. It looked to have been uh, have first been met by Bayliss, but Conor Hurahan was the last player to get contact before the ball rustled into the back of the net. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang went on to a darting run through a crowd of bodies, but with just over 20 minutes to go before laying it off to Louis Sibley in the box, but his effort went over the bar. A final League One interview for you now, and I think it's the first one we've had from uh, this man in quite a while. So let's hear from Shrewsbury Town boss, Matt Taylor. Matt, well done. Fantastic result. What are your thoughts? The emotion that runs through your body when you are on the touchline is indescribable at times. It's indescribable because that win there means so much to us. I believe Derby are one of the favourites this season with the players that they have at their disposal and what we've done today is we've won a game of football against them where we should have been more convincing. Look, we missed the penalty. Uh, we've had numerous chances to put ourselves in a better position. But what an amazing feeling. Um, the connection with the fans is building. Right? The new players are understanding that. Uh, I think, you know, from my perspective, biggest crowd of the season, to be able to go and share that moment with them. I mean, fantastic, but the players are the ones that carry out the instructions we give them. They were immense today. I mean, what a performance, what a result. I'm really, really happy. 
right? I, every time I come and talk to you, I try and keep my my disappointment or my real happiness and pride in check. I don't want to do that today because the players there have given everything to a man and they've shared that performance with our supporters at home. Biggest crowd of the season against one of the biggest teams in the league. I mean, the only disappointing thing for them, I've said this to the players, they can't celebrate tonight because we've got another massive game on Tuesday. But look, that's seven points out of three games. And this group, and I've always said it every time I've stood here and spoken to you, would take time. It would take time for us to get into a position where everyone had a clear and concise understanding of what was required. Today, what you saw was a group of men that gave everything for that Shrewsbury Town badge. Can't ask any more. Then you couple that with the quality that they have. I'm overjoyed for Tom Bayliss that he scored. Uh, he's just told me in there it's gone down as an own goal. So I think he's slightly aggrieved by that. But what a massive three points. What a win. Now what we do, let the players enjoy it sensibly this evening. And they've got a day off tomorrow and we report Monday for, to get ready again. I mean, football's relentless. But from my perspective, I'm just really, really pleased that, slightly more than that, I'm exceedingly happy that we've won three points here today. A lot, a lot of great football played throughout, including in the move that led to the all-important goal as well. Lovely move down the right-hand side, Matt. Yeah, look, we've... It's always going to be a... It's always going to take time for you to get your ideas across as a coach. And the way that I would like to play, we're getting closer to. The players still, I'm going to argue, need to believe in each other a bit more, trust each other a bit more. But you see the, the football that, that our lads can play? You can't tell me they're not a good team. You can't tell me they're not good footballers. I firmly believe in them. I've got 100% belief in them. And I look at the group as it stands, and we've had some injuries. Right? We've had players away. There's not one player we haven't sat down with and not explained what is required from them. And some of the players on the pitch today weren't on the pitch at the beginning of the season. And there were some you know, monumental performances out there today. So, look... We'll digest this, uh, I hope, and I know everyone who's left here today has gone home really happy. Hopefully there's some new supporters that have come in to watch a game today, maybe it's their first game. And my, my urge to them is come back and support the team next time we're at home. And you had some good chances in that second half at 1-0, you, you, you had opportunities to, to move further ahead. What are you thinking when they're not quite going in for you? Look, it's always in the back of your mind, right? That, Derby are a good team with exceptional attacking options and they will have chances in the game. Marco made some outstanding saves today. But their goalkeeper also made some outstanding saves. And the ones that stick out in my mind, Taylor Perry had a great chance. Dan Udo had a wonderful chance. It was an unbelievable save from him. Ryan Bowman had a couple of chances. So I keep saying to you, the narrative's changing, right? We're scoring goals, we're creating chances. I always knew it would take time. Now what we need to do is continue to build on that because... Look, we want to try and get as many points this season as possible that reflects the group of players that we have in the building. How much did you enjoy the atmosphere? Biggest crowd since you've been at the club, more than 8,000 here today, and you can see how much you meant to, to everybody who follows the club. It means a huge amount to me. It means a huge amount to all of the staff. To be able to share that today with a group of supporters that are loyal to their team and to understand them a bit better but also for them to understand me. I mean, that's probably the most, I would say, emotion I've been on a touchline 
there's five minutes to go and the ball went out and I'm celebrating it as if the referee's blown the whistle. So that shows you just how much it means to me and it means to everybody connected with the football club. And I'll go back again to be able to share that with, with our fans. And that performance today epitomises, I think, the way we are as a football club, the hard work, the desire to want to get better every single day. You saw that in um, huge amounts today. You told us ahead of the game that Kieran Phillips has yep. a, a slight knee injury. Uh, Brandon Fleming um, had to be helped off in the second half. Any early news there, what the, what the nope. problem might be? <sighs> no, unfortunately, I've, I've come straight out here. As you can imagine, the dressing room is buzzing. Brandon's got an ice pack on his calf. What that looks like, I'll find out tomorrow more on it. I think he'll need to sleep on it and, and assess. He's been exceptional <coughs> since he's coming to the team. Last week, he played central midfield. This week, he put in a, a really good performance again. And Mal, you know, while it's, it's difficult when you're in and out of the team or you're not in the team to come on and perform, but to a player, to a man, each and every member of this squad is giving everything that they've got. And the good thing is we've still got players to come back in. Seven points out of nine as well. You're moving up the table. Uh, confidence building as well all the time, belief. I think what it does is, is when, you, when you win football matches, especially against a team like Derby today, after two previous really good performances and good results, it just continues to, to build belief. It, it continues to, to make sure that the players you know, have, and I know they do, they believe in what we're doing, but I still want them to believe in each other more. That's what results like this, that's what performances like this can do. So, look, I've got a massive smile on my face for the first time in a long time because today I thought we were outstanding and we got exactly what we deserved, which was three points. So, what has that done to the League One table? Well, Portsmouth still remain top of the tree with 31 points from 13 games played. Three points behind, but one played one game less, do still sit Oxford United. A distant five points behind that in third place is Barnsley, level on points with fourth-placed Bolton Wanderers. 22 points for fifth-placed Peterborough and sixth-placed Stevenage. Just outside the playoffs are Blackpool and Wickham. Burton, following their fourth consecutive win, move up to ninth, and Charlton's impressive display against Reading has seen them fall, uh, rise all the way as far as tenth. They've displaced 11th-placed Derby County. On Also on 18 points, also level on 18 points, three further teams, Lincoln City, Leighton Orient and Port Vale. Shrewsbury moving up to 15th following their win against Derby, 17 points. Uh, Exeter dropped to 16th, Bristol have dropped to 17th, Bristol Rovers that is, and of course Cambridge United dropping to 18th. 13 points uh, from 12 games played in 19th place are Northampton Town. 11 points for 20th place Carlisle, just outside of the drop zone. And then the difficulty for the four teams in the bottom four. <coughs> Excuse me. 21st for Wigan Athletic, but are still pulling away decently. Fleetwood Town also on eight points. Reading on six points. And even though they picked up their first win of the season, and we hope it's the first of many, of course, if you are of a Chel uh, Cheltenham persuasion, Cheltenham Town do still sit bottom of League One. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio, your local and worldwide community sports radio station. Find us at www.3valleysradio.com. So we move straight on to League Two. And although the Rotherham game was postponed to the Championship, the two other games that took place on Friday night that happened to take place in League Two were able to take place. So we'll start with the highest scoring one Newport County 3. 
Warsaw 3. On loan striker Freddie Draper scored a late equaliser to complete his hat-trick as Walsall denied Newport a much-needed League 2 victory. A Bryn Morris fourth-minute thunderbolt put the host ahead before Draper levelled for the first time. Will Evans restored the county lead before the break, but Draper was there again, levelling with a composed finish. Morris looked to have won it, but Draper then hit a third equaliser in stoppage time to earn the Saddlers a point. Tranmere Rovers 1, Doncaster Rovers 2. Doncaster's recent League 2 revival continued with victory over Tranmere at Prenton Park. Rovers took the lead after 27 minutes when Harrison Biggins steered the ball home from the centre of the box after some fine work down the right by Zane Westbrook. Tranmere should have been level before the break, but Harvey Saunders' close-range header was brilliantly saved by Doncaster keeper Lewis Jones. The visitors continued to look dangerous in the second half and doubled their lead in the 57th minute when Mo Fowl pounced on a defensive error to flick the ball home. But Connor Jennings got Tranmere back into things after 70 minutes when he fired past Jones from the edge of the box. The home side piled forward in search of an equaliser in the closing minutes and could have snatched a point when Jennings' effort flashed narrowly over the bar. However, Doncaster hung on to make it five wins from their last seven league games, despite having manager Grant McCann sent to the stands for preventing Tranmere taking a quick free kick in front of the dugout. Silly, silly boy. On to the Saturday games then. Accrington Stanley won, MK Dons nil. Mike Williamson lost his first match as MK Dons head coach as Accrington claimed a narrow win to move into the League 2 playoff spots. Sean Wally struck in the 31st minute to make it three successive league wins for the Reds, while it is now nine games without a victory for the Dons, who appointed Williamson four days ago after sacking Graham Alexander. Barrow nil, AFC Wimbledon nil. Barrow and AFC Wimbledon shared the points in a largely forgettable goalless stalemate. Neither side could lay any real claim to deserving the points, with a precious little entertainment provided in this dire encounter. Bradford City 1, Wrexham 1. Adam Wilson rescued a battling point for Bradford City against Wrexham. The sides remained blocked after a fierce first half that saw five bookings dished out, including one for Paul Mullen after just two minutes. Bradford went close when Jamie Walker's deflected shot was turned round the post by Dragons keeper Arthur Nkowu. And Mullen pounced with a sharp header from Ryan Barnett's cross to take the lead, but Wilson at sub Wilson equalised with a shot in off the underside of the crossbar. The goal was winger's first for the Bantams. The fourth-tier match was played out in front of a bumper 21,552 spectators, including 2,624 travelling from Wrexham. Very impressive, even for League Two. Colchester United 1, Harrogate Town 2. Substitute Sam Follerin scored one and made another, as Harrogate came from behind to win 2-1 at struggling Colchester. The host started well, and Noah Chilvez's first-time fl- shot flashed just wide early on. Colchester went close again when Che Cooper's effort was parried away by Mark Oxley for a corner, seconds after the youngster had been denied by the Harrogate keeper's diving save. Oxley pushed Bradley's in Inahuvian's header over the bar early in the second half, before Colchester took a 62nd-minute lead when Cooper curled a delightful strike into the top corner front of the edge of the area, after being picked out by Cameron McGeehan. But Harrogate needed less than three minutes to equalise, with Matty Daly finishing clinically from close range following Followin's pass. 
And McGeehan's curled effort clipped the top of the bar for Colchester, but Harrogate scored the winner in the 80th minute, when Follering curled a brilliant shot into the top corner from the edge of the area after Levi Sutton's blocked attempt had fallen into his path. Our first League 2 interview of the night, and we will hear from Harrogate town boss Simon Weaver. Gaffer, another solid one away from home. You must be pleased to see the lads get what they deserve from this game. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a long journey. Um, took us hours yesterday and then an hour, another hour and a quarter this morning from the hotel, but um, we, we feel a buzz about the changing room after that. You know, it, it was a hard-fought win, um, but we thought we deserved it and delighted for the players. We stepped it up after half-time, uh, made hard work of it first half, but as soon as... Um, as soon as we conceded the first, it was a really good reaction. We just upped the game a bit. Yeah, I've got to ask you about Sam Falarin, you know, electric when he came on, he seems to lift the players around him as well. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a slow start, his first minute, and then after that, um, he exploded into action, went 1-0 uh, down, superb strike for his goal, and his just direct style, and then uh, class to play Matty in for his goal just beforehand. Um, yeah, really, really did turn the game on his head. Yeah, and obviously there wasn't many chances for us in the game up until that point. Just how pleased are you to see that clinical edge you decide to take the chance when it comes and, and get ourselves back into the game? Yeah, well, I'm delighted for Matty because I think he's been one of the standout perform, uh, performers over recent weeks. So great that he got a, a goal. He hasn't had too many chances. Um, but we knew at half-time you know, that we, we could step it up. We've got the quality in there. We've got faith in the players. If we stepped it up a couple of notches, we could uh, well come home with a point. So... I'm delighted that it's going to be a good atmosphere on the bus. Yeah, Levi Sutton as well. He comes in after injury, but it looks like no, no, sort of, not like he missed a game there. He's no. slotted right in there and, and really at times dictated play and got good tackles in. Yeah, I thought he and the, the rest of the team um, grew into the game and it was important when it was a bit scruffy first time. You can see the pitch behind me. It was, it's long, you know, for League Two, you, you know, and it made it a bit harder to really get the slick passing going for either team. Um, but I do, I do think... Um, you know, when we kind of regrouped at half-time, still nil-nil. That was the important thing. With the scruffy games in the past, perhaps we kind of goal down out of nothing. Uh, but today we were, we were solid, and then uh, until they went a goal, uh, the goal up, which we laid on a plate for them. But we reacted so positively, and we just say, it keeps trying to drill into the, the players. Let's be the best in the league at, at reacting to disappointment. Just ourselves out, just get get back on it. Next action, and they did that superbly well this afternoon. Yeah, you know, not one here in the, the football league and the, the visits who came here, that's another sort of monkey off the back for this mm. season. Just how pleased are you to see the lads finally overcome some mental barriers like that in, early on in the season as well? Yeah, because it always gets talked about, doesn't it? You know, when you have a, a, a poor record at a club and um, we've come here, you know, before and performed well, performed average and performed badly and come away with nothing. Um, but today we're up to the second half and, um, yeah, we, we thought we could win. You know, without being arrogant, and um, when we finally found ourselves a bit, you know, and energised it a bit, but um, you know, we deserved to come away finally from Colchester with three points. I've got to ask you about the fans. You know, they've been through quite a lot to get here from Harrogate. You know, but here and fine voices, well, and they get to go home with three points as well. Yeah, they were they were delighted after the game and responded in kind to the to the players, which means a lot to the players. You know, and it's such a such a long arduous journey. Uh, through a lot, a lot of quaint villages, but it's still, still a long, drawn-out uh, uh, journey. Um, but at least it, it's put the smiles on the faces, and two goals, especially that end with the fans behind, uh, makes it even better. But I really do hope now, you know, uh, we, we 
go back home uh, safely and then play Mansfield, which is always a big game, and that the fans get right behind us, you know, because we need to turn the home, uh, home form round. And um, they are our 12th man, and, and we need them. Crawley Town 2, Crew Alexander 4. Crawley twice led the lead, slipped to crash to their third successive league defeat as Crew marked Lee Bell's 50th game in charge with a 4-2 victory at the Broadfield Stadium. Crew, victors in only two of their previous 21 away league matches, were spirited throughout as Crawley suffered back-to-back home defeats for the first time under boss Scott Lindsay. Crew came close to taking the lead in only the third minute when following a free kick from former Crawley midfielder Jack Powell, Rio Adebisi's close-range effort was parried by goalkeeper Corey Adai. Striker Kaladi Lolos making his first home league start of the season put the Vos house ahead after 15 minutes from the edge of the area after being set up by Danilo Orsi. But the lead only lasted five minutes when Shiloh Tracy racing onto a through ball from Joe White to level with a low shot into the corner. Ronan Darcy restored Crawley's advantage in the 28th minute. His dive was the edge of the area, hitting both posts before going in following an assist by Lolos. Crew made it 2 all 11 minutes after the interval when its stand-in Crawley skipper Dion Conroy put through his own goal after a cross by Adebisi. Nick Tazarula cut a shot over from a good position before red substitute Kellen Gordon curled an effort wide from the edge of the area. But Courtney Baker-Richardson converted a low cross by Michael Williams from point-blank range to put Crew 3-2 ahead after 75 minutes. And substitute Elliot Nevitt sealed victory in the third minute of stoppage time by rounding keeper Adai and planting the ball into an empty net. Gillingham 1, Notts County 2. Substitute Lewis Macari, spectacular winner at Notts County, a 2-1 victory against managerless Gillingham in their 5,000th league game. Macaulay Longstaff meet, uh, met Toby Adebayo Rowling's low cross deser- deservedly put the visitors ahead in the 38th minute. A last-ditch uh, last tackle, there we are, from Dom Jeffries, uh, prevented Langstaff from doubling the Magpies' lead from close range shortly after the break. The Jills, under the guidance of interim manager Keith Millen, drew level thanks to a fine solo goal by left-back Scott Malone in the 52nd minute. The former Millwall man created a chance out of nothing inside the penalty area and fired low past Sam Slocum. County continued to dominate possession and almost retook the lead when Jody Jones forced Jake Turner into a smart reaction save before Malone's block on Adebayo Rowling's dangerous cross almost deflected into his own net. The visitors' victory was secured when Stoke Loney Makari marked his English league debut by firing into the top corner from 20 yards. County's third away win of the season keeps them second in League Two, while Gillingham dropped a ninth following a third defeat in six. Salford City 2, Swinton Town 2. Liam Humbles came off the bench to earn Salford a point deep into stoppage time in a two-all draw with Swindon. Both right-backs were on target in the first 11 minutes when former Glover Romeo Hutton's strike cancelled out an opener by the, from the Amis Ethan Ingram. Charlie Austin's late penalty looked to have won it for the Robins, but Humble smashed home the equaliser in the 96th minute. Stockport County 3, Grimsby Town 2. A brace from Louis Barry helped Stockport to an 8th straight win. The hosts were awarded a penalty inside 6 minutes after Will Collar was pulled down in the box, with Barry converting to open the scoring. Two minutes later, Tanto and Lofay slotted past Jake Eastwood to double Stockport's lead. The Hatters almost made it three after 39 minutes, but a second spot kick was struck wide by Alofe. Grimsby halved the deficit shortly before half-time as Donners and Wilson scrambled for the ball and scored from close range. 
The visitors equalised through Gavin Holohan's penalty after goalkeeper Ben Hinchcliffe had brought him down. But Stockport restored their lead in the 74th minute when a free kick met the head of Collar and he nodded across goal for Barry to score. The Mariners fought for another equaliser deep into stoppage time, but it was not to be. Victory for the hosts sees them stay top of the Skybet League 2. And finally, Sutton United 2, Morecambe 3. Joel Senior's stoppage time strike inflicted heartache on the Football League's basement boy Sutton as Morecambe edged a five-goal thriller. Shrimps keeper Stuart Moore produced two good early saves to keep out a Ben Goodliffe header and a Ferrant Rawson effort. The visitors opened the scoring on that half hour as Michael Mellon fired a penalty awarded after Goodliffe's foul on Jacob Badeau into the roof of the net. And Adam Mayer doubled the lead in first half stoppage time as his low strike made it two. The U's instantly replied as Harry Smith's header beat a sprawling Moore who failed to reappear for the second half to sustaining an injury as he changed direction. Sutton got a deserved equaliser just after the hour when Goodliffe hooked the ball home from a long throw. But hopes of a comeback at point were scuppered when Senior lashed home in low effort from outside the box after being allowed to turn and run at the home defence. Now, for those of you uh, eagle listeners of you all, will uh, have maybe realised we haven't had all 12 games. And that's unfortunately because Mansfield Town versus Forest Green Rovers was postponed due to the weather. But... Even though that game hasn't taken place, what has it all done to the League 2 table? Well, top of the tree, 14 games played with 29 points, sit Stockport County. Two points behind them in second place are Notts County, and a further point behind them sit Crew Alexander. In fourth place, with 24 points from 14 games played, are Wrexham, and then three teams all on 23 points, Swindon, Mansfield and Accrington Stanley. Just outside the playoffs, we have AFC Wimbledon and Gillingham, both on 22 points. Morecambe rising up to 10th with 21 points, and even more impressively, with two games in hand on the teams around them. Bradford in 11th place, uh, picking up another decent point with 20 points. Also on 20 points are 12th placed Crawley. Walsall level on points with now Harrogate Town as they rise up to 14th on 19 points. Barrow dropping in replacement of Harrogate with 18 Salford and Doncaster both level on 17 points. MK Dons still yet to pick up a point under Mike Williamson, but give the credit to the man, he has only been there four days. That being said, MK Dons are still 18th place with 16 points. Newport County, 15 points, 19th place. Grimsby, 14th, and then a bit of a drop-off to three teams, all level on 10 points. They are Tramier Rovers, Forest Green Rovers, and Colchester United. Colchester United now falling into the bottom three at the hands, of course, of their loss against Harrogate. Still bottom of the table, seven points from 14 games, Sutton United. But that brings us to the end of this week's EFL review. I certainly hope you enjoyed it. Had plenty of goals and it was nice to have the championship back again once again. We'll be back uh, later in the week to take a look at all the fixtures that are taking place in next weekend's fixtures where inevitably we'll have plenty of goals, plenty of action and plenty of controversy. Until then, I hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Make sure you tune in to Three Valleys Radio tomorrow night as uh, Weymouth uh, come to Hewish Park, a very important game for all of us, of course, of a Yeovil persuasion. But if you aren't able to catch that uh, or doing anything else this week, I do hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. <laughs>